want to talk to you about infrastructure. Oh, oh, oh. No, no, not Santa Claus. Close. <laughs> Close. I mean, there's a Christmas tie-in. There is a like a holiday season tie-in. But mm. I want to talk to you about infrastructure a little okay. bit. Well, I mean, it seems seasonally appropriate. But like right now, and you know, we play it we play it a little a little shielded about where you work, and we'll continue to do that because sure. the government and the agencies and the <laughs> And agent you know, shields and yeah. Yeah, the, the witness protection and so on and so forth. But <laughs> but you've got you're in a career position, right? You're you're working at a place you're not you're not working you're not flipping burgers at A and W. Right, you're you you work a, a good job. I think all jobs are good jobs, but I get what you're saying. Well, sure. have you seen the guy that cleans the porta potties? I mean, <laughs> it's an admiral job. I don't know I, if it's a good job. I feel like there must be money in it though, because there are oh, sure like those things are needed on construction sites, party oh, venues. For like, sure, they must make a killing. Nobody nobody gets into porta potties unless it's for the money. I mean, that's probably true. You know, um, but here's a question. Like, it, it, you start somewhere, right? Everyone starts somewhere. You're a teenager, you're a young adult, you're in your, you know, you have a job while you're at university, whatever it is. Have you ever worked retail? Not in this definition of, like, I hand someone a good and they hand me cash for okay. it. Okay. You've never like, worked at, like, like a lot of Walmart. Jobs. I've I've worked in like patient or um uh like customer facing things. Sure. Um but not Okay. not at uh, Dick's Sporting Goods so to speak. Right. Mark's Work Warehouse, you know. The yeah. Bass yeah. Pro Shop, whatever it is. Okay. Whatever it may be. So I want to talk cuz I think this is I think it's pertinent to the holiday season. Hmm. I was at Walmart today. Nice. Well, just <laughs> just kind of finishing up like, you know, the last couple like stocking stuffer sure whatever it may be. As as you got to do, as you got to do. As you got to do. And and as I was walking out of the store, like first of all, massive line. Massive lines. Hmm. And not massive lines because of volume, but l- Massive lines due to lack of infrastructure utilization. Oh. Because when 75% of the self-checkouts are not open. Right. Right. And it's less than a week before Santa arrives. Right. And and of the 16 available, like, old-fashioned human interaction tills... Seven of them are open. Right. Yeah. And as a result, there's 20, 25 minute waits in line to check out. That pisses me off. It pisses That's me a long, off. Yeah. Because it's like, why did, why? Mm. You, you installed this many here because that was your perceived customer flow. Right. right. This isn't, you're Walmart. You're not future-proofing. Well, in case Walmart gets popular. No, you know, <laughs> you know how many customers you have. And when you were doing your, um, and I live in a big city currently. And sure. so ours is like, you know, because I've been back home. I've been in your Walmart. I've seen the self-checkouts <laughs> that have been put in there. And 
it's just this like it's, it's such a rinky dink Walmart in comparison to <sighs> what we the have. Mecca. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I I get, you know, we whatever. But here in the city, you still have maybe 15 regular checkouts. And then either side of those checkouts is flanked by, I'm going to say, one, two, three. Each side is flanked by 20 self-checkout tills. Oh, yeah. So 40 tills there and then 15. There's 65 available checkout spots. Right. That's a pretty big surge. You know, like you can... Yeah, get a lot sure. of people through, yeah. And and 20, 25 of them are open. Mm. And yeah. So that's that's just to me that's like you know what are you doing? But then, but then, you know, and then I you know finally whatever, you check out, you get your stuff, you're headed out the store. I'm looking at the receipt. And I realize that I'm not astronomically but considerably over the agreed upon budget. Oh. And so I'm like, okay, well, and I'm looking at I'm looking at what's in the bag and I find one item that is going to get me much closer to that budget if if I don't have it and is also one that I was kind of iffy so so like I just kind of grabbed it, but I, you know, it wasn't something I felt great about. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm, you know what? I'm here. I don't plan on coming back before the holidays because, you know, who wants to do that? The closer it gets to Christmas, who wants to go into Walmart? And so I'm like, well, I'm just going to double back in real quick, return this. It's one item back on my debit card. No big deal. Mm-hmm. The service counter. I wait in line for another 15 minutes because there's a line of people, three tills, one person working behind the counter. Less than a week before Christmas. What are you doing? Right. Like, what are you doing? So, I, this just, that's my, that's my little, you know, like, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I I would understand if, you know what, there was poor planning and you know, we're doing the best we can, but you're not. You're just simply not. Everyone's dying for a job. So I don't know if it's you're just not scheduling enough people or the people are there, but they're dicking around straightening out T-shirts or whatever when they <laughs> could have a till open. Like, I don't know what that is. But also, I'm losing all... And, you know, I know that there's people that forever ago have kind of bid adios to Walmart because, you know, there's right. all these things about, like, you know, how ethical is Walmart's kind of operation and the way they go about that. I, and I don't know, right? I don't know the truth or the lies or anything behind any of that. Yeah, it's hard to know. But I do know, and I don't know if Rinky Dink Small Town's got this yet, <sighs> but I do know that when I'm walking up and down an aisle mm-hmm. and that, like, floor Zamboni cleaning thing that you know that like the guy pushes it up and down the aisles to buffer the floor. The fact that that's now a self-driving robot with cameras and sensors marked all over it. And that's a job that they've eliminated. Right. 
I, uh, you know, I, I sort of tend to lean towards you guys are just a bunch of cheap bastards that are, <laughs> that are, you know, understaffing to save yeah. a buck yeah. and screwing your customers. You've got all this, you've got all these tills just sitting here. Some of them, I don't think I've ever seen opened. Right. Ever. Yeah. Anyways, hello and welcome. Welcome to the Movie Man Podcast. I am Peter. My upset about holiday staffing Walmart's co-host is uh, Brady. And I, and sorry, and I should say it's not just Walmart. Like no, Walmart no, no. was the culprit in this, situation, in this situation. And I believe that Walmart is a frequent offender. Right. But, but. everybody, lots of people kind of, you know, the one place that doesn't is, has never been guilty of this. And that's because I used to work there and I know that they, I know what the policy is as far mm. as open tills. Okay. The town that you live in, our hometown. Sure. That I won't say the name of. Yep. But Winnipeg. Carl has many, but, but Carl many times has identified as Hanover. <laughs> Winnipeg. The, the McDonald's. Their policy, they have three tills, or they mm. did back in the day. I don't know what they have now because they've like yeah. changed the counter around and stuff like that. Sure. But they had three tills, and the policy was if there are three people in the lobby, mm. three tills are open. Nobody mm. waits. Nobody waits longer than they have to. Like and that's cool. Adjust to the, don't make people wait, I guess, is the ultimate thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's all you want. That's all yep. you want. Yep. So there you go. There you have it. Yeah. Well, well thank you for listening. Uh, it's been it, an amazing year for us, and uh, we'll catch you in the new year. Yeah. Well, in the spirit of waiting, we've waited all year for this last episode we have. of the year. I mean, it might not be the last episode, but the last voting episode. No, it is. It is. And for sure, the last Christmas episode of Carl the year. and I just wrapped up. Uh, we just wrapped up the last news episode for the year. Ooh. It so is very exciting because we get in a little teaser if you have not listened to it yet. Sure, sure. A non-edited out of the podcast, something left into air. <laughs> we we have a little bit of a domestic. You we and get Carl? A little, oh yeah. What? Oh. We get a little heated. Oh not my like, gosh. Like very jovially. Jovially, right? But, but like, oh man! Basically, you, what happened? Here's here's the teaser. Here's a twenty second before, teaser. Before you give the teaser, because you do guys, you guys do get into it sometimes, just about debating whatever you're debating. So this was like over and above that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, bud. man. So this is what. So we end the episode oh. off. I had found a list. Entertainment Weekly had released a list of the twenty greatest Christmas films ever made. Sure. And the plan was to end the episode by going through that list, starting at number 20, working our way down to zero. And I, I prefaced this list. So I always send, I email Carl the show notes well in advance. These yeah. are the topics. Well, not super well in advance, but I email him the show notes. These are the topics. And here's a link to an article talking about it in case you want to do some further reading. Sure. Equip yourself, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I... At the very bottom, I put going through EWs because I didn't want to give too much. I didn't want to say Entertainment Weekly because I didn't want him looking it up. But I just said going through EWs um, top 20 Christmas films. Mm. And and so, and I didn't send him a link. 
right? Because I myself had not looked at the list. I was like, we're going to, you know, we'll figure this out as we go. I was like, I haven't looked at this list. I'm just kind of trusting that it's, you know, a relatively sensible list. And we... We put a break in the episode, a break that we are, is actually a funny break and is going to be uploaded to Patreon for people to listen to what was happening during that break. Sure. Um, but it, basically, we took a break in order to set up a Excel sheet that we both had access to so that we could not only make sense of this list, but then could also rearrange them individually into our own lists. Like, how do we think these should be ranked? Mm. And in the process of me setting up that list or that Excel sheet, the bastard Googles the list, Googles the article, pulls it up, and skims through the entire list to see what they all are. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, why would you do that? And it's, so it's this whole back and forth. What ends up happening is I say, well, I'm not doing this. We're going to find a different list. And we found another list, and it was a garbage list. It was a horrible list. It was a stupid list. <laughs> but I refused. I refused to do the list because he, he, he wrecked it. He spoiled it. Oh, that man. SOB ruined the episode. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to hear Carl and I really kind of go at each other a little, again. Do I ever. You know, super cordially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, it's not it's not an act. Anything you hear in that episode was not an act. So, yeah, I, Christmas. Uh, I I think that you you guys should release Patreon content of you guys having domestics more frequently. I think there's something there. Yeah, we should stop ed- editing them all out. Just, just because it happens just, like eight times an episode. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's in the spirit of uh, moving away from that. What are we here to talk about? Well, we're here to talk about our Christmas vote film. And uh, obviously, Spirited One is you clicked the episode to listen to it. But let's break down, uh, break down how we got there. Let's break down the vote options, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. This is actually, this is the, I'm really excited to break these. There's, options down there's because I be think there's some, some fun meat chew. on the bones here. Yeah, more than normal, I think. So, in last place was the Polar Express, and uh, a vote option of yours. I was genuinely curious to watch this, so I I was kind of hoping it would win. A lot of these, all four, actually, kind of wanted to win in its own in their own ways. But I've been wanting to watch Polar Express, and I've recently just like seen the children's storybooks. So I, I I know Tom Hanks is in it. I was curious, so. I have not seen it. What what was your experience to bring it forward for this? Uh, the Polar Express. It. I. I don't know. Uh, no, I. Yeah. I saw it years ago. Okay. Um, it was probably on Netflix or, sure. you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um. And. It thought it was okay. Right. And I. I don't know. Like, I don't have I don't have any close connection to that film. Um, I just know that it's one of those. I know that it's one of those like iconic films. Um, 
it's widely regarded to be firmly planted in the uncanny valley as far as its animation goes because it's mm. very dated animation. Right. But it's also an interesting film because Tom Hanks plays like everybody voices like everybody in the movie. Oh, does he really? He does. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, it does like different slightly different voices for everybody, right? Oh. And so it's just it's just an interesting it's just an interesting pick and something that I was like, yeah, I don't think we've had this as a vote option before. No, um, no, no. Maybe let's let's toss it a little love. And so that yeah. was it. That was cool. Yeah, nothing cool. special. Yeah. Speaking of uh, something special, the third place vote was sorry. Yeah, the third place vote was Die Hard. Uh huh. Not Polar- a Christmas movie. Polar polarizing on this show would be. No, it's not. Uh, it's not a Christmas. It's not. It would be an understatement. Movie. We would have. If you wanted to talk about posting an episode with a domestic, with I a think- domestic. That might have happened if we had we done Die Hard. We would have forgotten to review it. <laughs> it's been... So, okay. One thing. I think it's been a vote option many times, and it never won. Yeah. I will speak for you here. You don't think it's a Christmas movie, as you just said. Well, no. Uh, it's not that I think it's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> it's not a Christmas movie. Historically, I've always said the opposite. Yeah. I... I Listen, this You're one... You're human. This one threw us a curveball. We were so committed that it had won. Like we, we like at first glance, the voting options were like, "Oh, I think this is the winner." A lot of people voted for it. I started watching it. I watched about eight, <laughs> maybe oh, four. Man, I watched about sixty-five percent of it until we like firmed up the vote and we went, "Ah, man, this this didn't even win. Didn't even tie. Didn't even no. come in second. Did come in second, so... And I'll tell you, and this is, again, if, you know, if Carl and I fighting isn't enough to, to you know, get you to check out our Patreon page... Right. It, it may have won the popular vote, but our Patreons, our patrons... Yeah. ...came yeah. in clutch and voted for other things. Yes, yeah. And and one of the things that you can get through our Patreon is increased voting power. Yep. And yep. and so they just kind of swept in and changed the game. Well, and and like you said, yeah, there's so many votes came in for Die Hard that just uh, anecdotally, I'm like, okay, this has to win. And then, yeah, when we started tallying it up, it's like, ooh, all these powerful Patreon supercharged votes were not for Die Hard, for other films, and then that just really levitated the other options forward. Yeah. I will say this. If we had reviewed this film, yeah, I still fundamentally disagree with a lot of the things that you say. Okay. In that, it, you know, Like in general or about the film? <laughs> about Die Hard, you know. Like, I I think if, if if we had, you know, I'm just I just want to let you know like, you know, even if we had done Die Hard, yeah. I I still don't like your politics. Like I just <laughs> <coughs> I oh no oh man this cough just won't go away. So like stop. three weeks now. Oh, it's been longer than that. Three weeks um, and, and the and before that, you and Carl were together in a room, and Carl couldn't stop coughing. And I made a joke that because Carl was at your place, Carl had just taken his first bong rip ever and was struggling. <laughs> and, and I don't know, like you know, you've been coughing. The only people who I know that cough. <laughs> consistently are people who are dying 
and <laughs> potheads. So I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping you're not terminal is I, uh, where I'm at. For the record, I do not smoke pot, but I do have a cough. Anyway, what I'm saying <laughs> is. I, I just I I, wait. Sorry, hang on, hang on. The last interruption, I swear. But I just love, in true Pete fashion, it was like I just, I just need to, I just need to make it perfectly clear that the thing that is one hundred percent legal in the place that I live, and there would actually be nothing wrong with, like there, are, like there are many jobs that don't allow it. I'm correct me if I'm wrong. I don't even think your job would give a shit if you, you know, I think, a little I think on like the weekend. Many, I think most jobs, like if you were like on shift, similar. Oh, no, to- for sure. But like a pilot or a cop oh. or whatever, you just can't do it. Period. Because it's got to be like thirty days, right? After right. you did it before your la- next shift, like you know, whatever it is, right? Um, but right. no, I, I just, I it was so funny to me. This thing that has actually been, you know, determined there's nothing wrong with. Uh, yeah, I don't do that. So don't send your hate mail. Don't call the police because they won't care. Uh, I, 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 Pete, Pete, Alice McGee, do not, in fact, ever take substances. It was good. It was just, it was like a true Pete moment. It was, it was amazing. Uh, what would the last episode of the year be without a Pete moment? I'm very cautious with my caffeine intake. I just want that to be well known. I just want that on the record. Yeah. I had a, I ordered a medium coffee today and I didn't even drink at all. I'll fight through a headache before I go anywhere near Advil. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, listen, no. With Die Hard, I, I, there's some things that I just fundamentally disagree with on your take on it. That, you know, things, and we can't get into it all, but like, you know, okay, the sequels aren't even set at Christmas, so that doesn't make this a Christmas movie that, you know, I don't buy that, you know, there, the fact that, you know, okay, you acknowledge that it takes place on Christmas and, you know, maybe it's at Christmas party, but it's not fundamentally about Christmas. Like all these arguments, I think I still fundamentally disagree with. Yeah, sure. However, however, Mm -hmm. when I did watch it. Yes. I will acknowledge that I didn't have a change of heart of like, oh, you know what, this, you're right, it's not a Christmas movie, but I definitely had a, you know what, like, of all the Christmas movies that I only can watch a couple, you know, realistically, there's only so many you can watch in the holiday season because you run out of time or you're busy or blah, blah, blah. I watched it and I'm like, I could easily watch this in July Sure. And maybe still get the same stuff out of it. Now, that being said, I only watched 60%. Maybe I forget. Maybe I've forgotten in the final act. It really just comes through with the Christmas spirit. Um, spoilers with Hans Gruber going skydiving. Yeah. But um, yeah. I, I think I think I did come to that realization going, you know what? I, don't dis- I, I still stand firm on my opinion that it's a Christmas film. But there's a lot, f- lot of films that I would far more rather be watching when it's seasonally seasonally appropriate and I get more out of emotionally. Right. You're not going to watch Home Alone in April. But Yeah. Yeah. You know, be- I, because with Die Hard if you if you change the day that it's on, right. and you 
remove the two second nod at the beginning to why they are where they are, <laughs> nothing about the film changes. The story doesn't change. <coughs> Jeez. I sorry, sorry, sorry. Jeez, man. I, I, uh, yeah, nothing about yeah. it changes. It does not change the film because Christmas has nothing to do with the plot of Die Hard. I, I will neither confirm nor deny what you're saying, but I, I will just say, yeah, you know what? When If I could only watch five Chris, Christmas movies this holiday season, yeah, I would have to- Die th- Hard's you know, getting the cut. There's, it might have to get the cut because there's there's more tried and true ones that yeah. need to get in there. Like so. I'll watch it in January. Yeah. Right? Whereas as soon as New Year's, like I can watch I can watch a Christmas movie or two between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. But once New Year's happens, I mean, no, it's done. It's done. The moment has passed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Second place, speaking of uh, films that you can watch quite. It- any time of the year was the holiday the holiday you could also watch the holiday any time of the year i think i think it fits Uh, in that same i don't know i I think i mean i'm i my instant reaction is probably you could but i don't remember enough like it's been a while honestly since i've seen it so i I can't because the name the holiday refers to them going on a holiday right right the characters individually are, I, think I don't even know if it is. I think I it mean, must be. I think Christmas happens right. during the film at one point. Sure, okay. But that happens in many films that are not Christmas <laughs> films, right? It's like, oh, and then for 10 minutes of the film, we reached the point in it's, the it's time the jump with, that they do. It's say, the same with Miracle on 34th Street. You could set that movie on July 7th and it would have the same outcome. Uh, little, little, little bit of disagreement there, but that's fine. I mean, it's about Fair. a shopping mall Santa. It's <laughs> so like, you know. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. No, but the holiday, um, it's, uh, it's definitely been on the, 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 the bench a Losing lot of streak. times for, yep. for voting options and has never quite come there. Our, our friend and ally of the show, Emily Mader, um, has uh, not only voted for it, but gave her uh, open uh, availability that if it won, she could have joined us, and it was so, just not meant to be. Ally of the show only because she was supporting your bullshit voting options that never win? Oh, absolutely. Or, 100%. Oh, okay. All right, perfect. <laughs> just to clarify. Perfect. All right. Uh, I will just say the one so funny if, line. If, if, if she was like super into the idea of us doing paranormal activity and wanted to be on one of those episodes, you'd be like enemy of the show. <laughs> Movie men hater. Emily Movie Mater. men bigot. Yes, bigot. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, And then we have the winner, Spirit. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A movie that uh, I know was on your radar, because uh, you, you, I remember you chatting about it last year. It's new. Yeah. I mean, it's still yeah. only about a year old. Came out last year, yeah. Came out last year. um, And it, it won. It, it clearly, clearly won. Uh, Which surprised me a little, I think. Yeah. Like, I, f- I think it's, you know, uh, like... It doesn't surprise me that it was capable of winning, um, sure. but surprised me that it beat out the others in the way that it did, right? That like yeah. it performed so much better than something right. like Die Hard did. Right. Just because I know how many morons there are out there. 
that you know are like let's do die hard and so i was like yeah in that exact right. voice too this is the year <laughs> this is yeah the year. you know it i think maybe this will maybe this will slide into our initial impressions but it is it is interesting that it won and um i think it just speaks the interest on my part maybe speaks to you know, there's a lot of movies that uh, have come out in the last year or so that whether they're Christmas or non-Christmas movies or holiday or non-holiday movies, but they have a lot more hype around them. And considering just the actors and, and maybe the scale of this movie, for me, it just seems, and maybe I'm just living under a rock, that this movie kind of just slid under the radar a little bit. I mean, I think it did for a lot of people because it yeah. was like it never got a theatrical release. It's an right. it's an Apple TV Apple release. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. That uh, yeah. It, here we are. Here we are. Should Initial we get impressions? Into it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, well, um, what I will say is. This is not my favorite Christmas movie. Sure. Um, this is my third time watching it. I watched it twice last year, and I watched it once this year. Three, um, wow. Okay. Three times last year. Three times. And although it's not my favorite Christmas movie, it... It very possibly top five. Wow. Very possibly top five. Because the only other thing that the, normally, I, I, lately, my initial impressions, I feel like personally feel like I've been letting them get a little long winded. And so I'm not sure. going to do that. What I'm sure. going to say, because we'll unpack this, what I will say is I think that this film, for being uh, a Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell, Maybe the only good Will Ferrell Christmas movie. So deal that with that. Pretty big shots fired right there. Um and and not even a big theatrical, you know, like an Apple Studios Christmas film. Right. And a comedy that came out in 2022, and I've I'm I've been very public about the fact that I typically don't like newer comedies. I don't. I. I. Mm. I just think that there's a wholesomeness that has been lost. I don't like the stoner comedies. I don't no. like the sex coms. No. I don't like you know. And so for a comedy, for a Christmas movie comedy that came out in 2022, that was not even theatric, theatrically released. I think this movie's a masterpiece. Like, I really, truly did. There's so many aspects that I'm excited to gush about. Um, and I really, really, really think that this is nothing short of fantastic. So that's my initial impression. Interesting. Well, top five is definitely high praise for uh, anyone, let alone a movie, man. That is interesting. Yeah. I will say, and I'm not surprised hearing what you said about it last year and, and why we're reviewing it today. When I watched it, there were so many times uh, where I just knew Brady was going to be over the moon for like this scene or that scene or what's happening. Right. And it usually revolved around like Ryan Reynolds stuff. Like I was just like, sure, that just that just has Brady written all over it. Yeah. And 
I, I will just say my general impressions were for me, it was a little unimpressive, maybe a little non-memorable. I, I think if I, in a couple years, if I rewatched it with someone, I might go, oh yeah, like let's, let's watch Spirited. And then after watching it, I might go, oh yeah, like this is why I think I liked some parts, but there were these other parts that I remembered that weren't really my style or I didn't really like how it turned out. And so I think just, it was a touch too long. I have no problems with the long movies, no problems with long musicals. I just felt like maybe with this musical and comedy, the tone and the pace really didn't match for the length of the movie. So I felt it was a bit too long, maybe one or two songs too many. And I definitely don't regret watching it. It was an f- interesting watch. Um, it likely won't make my seasonal rewatch list. And right now, even next year, if some if I was with someone who said, I haven't seen this, I probably wouldn't go out of my way saying, this will be the Christmas movie, movie we watch tonight. But, I mean, I might watch it again someday. You know, I cannot wait for the Christmas when your heart grows three sizes. (laughs) You Grinch. (laughs) My goodness. Okay. I I I mean, that's fair. That's your opinion. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I would just like to remind people that Pete also thinks that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So... (laughs) I, you know, opinions with a grain this, of salt. <laughs> I'll break this down, and I'm not just trying to soften it because it's something that no. you like. Sure. No, I, I wouldn't want you to. I I don't know what I had a problem with in some ways. Okay. Because when you break down musical numbers or chore- choreography of certain aspects or, like, some comedic elements... There's nothing bad. Like, when I'm trying to consider how I'm going to rate this movie, like, say, if you make a list of all the things I'm going to rank, nothing fell into the bad category. But nothing for me also flipped into the, oh, this is magical or special category. And so I just don't know. Uh, We'll get into it when we break it down. I've got a couple ideas why that is. But that's, that's kind of behind the curtain of, like, how I got to my initial impressions or why I'm so lukewarm on it. Sure. So should we go through this sort of aspect by aspect? Yeah. Like I think, I I think generally as we do a lot of times, we should talk about cast, probably the musical numbers and then maybe just various other factors that we can. Yeah. I do. I do want to shoehorn in wardrobe. Yeah. That's this. Yeah. Because I think wardrobe is, you know, plays a key. plays a role yeah. in this for yeah. sure. So let's let's actually start with that. Let's start with wardrobe. Um I think or first of all, it and this has been my opinion since I first saw this film last year. And upon a rewatch, it has not my opinion on this has not changed. I I desperately need that red suede Santa jacket that oh, Ryan Reynolds really? wears. Oh, it's a great jacket. I okay. I think if we were to pick two, like if I had to pick one or the other, I think I preferred Will Ferrell's green jacket to the, the green red. one, and that's a great jacket. The two tone, yeah. the green and the black. Yeah, I think that's, I, that's a great that's jacket. The way I'd go for that, and it and it's very similar to, but obviously different color than Jacob Marley's jacket. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, that's a great jacket as well. But yeah, yeah. man, just that like. <laughs> Oh, it's just good. 
It's just a great jacket. Just a good, like, you could show up at a Christmas party in that jacket. Hmm. And people would, people would notice, <laughs> right? It'd be like, oh, whoa. Like, you didn't just wear a Santa coat. You came in, in your, your Santa coat, but your Santa coat and your stylus. Right. So, that, that to me stood out. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, stuff like the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Yeah. I thought looks great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We've seen many renditions of that over the years. Um, For sure. And I thought this one looked great. Sure. And even just the period stuff of, um, who is it? Patrick Page, who is yep. Jacob Marley. Like his outfit is in his like professional role of being like the, I don't know if he's like the manager or who he is, but. The, the peripheral characters also had, I enjoyed their wardrobe for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I think that's kind of, that kind of encompasses a lot of the wardrobe stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is, hmm. Do you have anything more to add about the wardrobe before we jump to something else? Um, I don't think so. Let's let's jump to music. The music in this. I mean, yeah, it's a big part. Yep we we need to. There's a lot of layers to pick it. So I don't. Should think- we do? Should we do like song and dance as part? Like musical numbers? Is sure. That kind of lump yeah. those together. Yeah. I, I, in general, I don't think I've ever, Will Ferrell, I think his vocal talent really shined in this. Surprisingly, the guy, he's not like, he's not going to win American Idol. No, but, but he's, listen, even, we've seen Pierce even Octavia Brosnan. Spencer. And we've heard Pierce Brosnan and Mamma Mia, and we yep. all feel bad for him. Will Ferrell has nothing to be ashamed about. No, he held up. He, he held really his own. He did. Yeah. Even Octavia and, and, Spencer, which surprised me because okay. I didn't like these are people who Yeah. I'm like I don't I I don't think of these as people who can sing. And Octavia Spencer's vocals are amateur, but but it works. Like it it's not this there nobody's voice in this. Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell's Octavia Spencer's, none of them are these overproduced, auto-tuned, perfected. No. And I think that helps ground it in these sure. are normal people who are happen to be singing. Right. Yeah, Octavia Spencer really, like, her two numbers of the view from here and then the the reprise of that or whatever you'd call it, she she did wonderful. Those were two of my favorite songs, for sure. And, and we all know Ryan Reynolds' voice and like acting like voice singing talent so that i don't think that was a surprise to me seeing that in this film does he sing in other things i i don't know if he's saying i'm i'm thinking maybe just like appearances or like things he's done outside of film sure goofing off and which is which is the mo of ryan reynolds because when we've had this discussion like for me there's not there's obviously really big Hollywood movies he's in that I re- you know I can recognize him and whatnot. But for me, Ryan Reynolds' work is also equally, or maybe more so, his stuff that he does outside of 
film is advertising campaigns and his, yeah you know, yeah or like bits on like late night shows where he does yeah. stuff and yeah. yeah as you do uh, on late night shows as you do on stuff. late night shows yeah um i I, th- I feel like there was a real big mix here because there was a lot of songs that i thought were average you know like some of the opening bits um but like i said the the view from here really hit. Whoa! Like that the the big opening song, like the we've we we did it again. Yeah, it was fine. Introduction song. Okay, okay. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Again, when you break it down piece by piece, you go, okay, the vocals were fine, the choreography was great, but like something, you know, just some of these didn't land for me. Wow. Yeah. The reprise at the end, I thought was great. Maybe the best. Uh, the the good afternoon was pretty decent. Wait, okay, good okay hang on. Song. You have to call it a reprise. Only because that's a line in the film. Like yeah, they de- they right. debate the they pronunciation it. of it, and they land on reprie. So yeah. you have to call it a reprie. Well, I guess you have to. Uh, Ryan Reynolds' song was his opening song was average. The it Christmas just, we're bringing back Christmas. Yeah, it just with at the Christmas tree festival or yeah. conference or whatever. It's just it was average for me. I mean, the one line and. Like I, I literally I laughed out loud. Was the every Facebook loving boomer wants to fight a culture war? Yeah, uh, that's a great of, line. Of, there were a lot of great lines, whether they were in song or not in song. Um, like even at the <laughs> at the the uh, the conference room table when they're talking about him, if they can redeem him or not. And there was that whole smoking hot banter where, like, she says, "Oh, he's smoking hot," and they're like debating it, and then. Will Ferrell goes like, no, yeah, he's he's no, smoking no, hot. he's like, he's smoking hot. Yeah, smoke show, smoke show. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I, I think there was a mixture of good musical numbers for me and ones that didn't quite land for me. Interesting. Yeah. So, what I will say is, I disagree entirely. That's fair. Um, I think, I think the standout, the four standout songs are the opening, you know, the opening song. Um, And that opening song has my favorite line. Like, I love almost every line. I love all the dialogue in this movie. But there's one line specifically, and it's not even a Ryan Reynolds line, because obviously he's not in that song, that just... Like the first time I watched this, we rewound it like four times and I laughed as hard every time and I laughed this time. And I think it is not only genius writing, but it kind of sets the tone for the film, which is the line, we're super holly jolly. And then the ghost of Christmas past, like, you know, kind of does her not jazz hands in, but like, you know, lunges in to the shot and goes, it's like we're all on Molly. And I just, for whatever reason, that to me is hilarious. <laughs> that it's this Christmas song and and just that line interjected, I think is hilarious. Um, I do like the Bringing Back Christmas, Christmas Tree Convention song. Um, mm. I like the reprieve, but I also love the Good Afternoon song. Mm. Yeah. In the 1800s. Yeah. What I what I love about this film is and it's interesting because it kind of goes against 
what I've said about musicals in the past. You and I have reviewed several musicals. One of the first films that we reviewed, was it the first? No. When did we do Grease? It's either like the first, second, or third film. I think that it's like third or reviewed. fourth. Yeah. It's pretty early on. And and we shit all over Greece. Like we, we certainly did. We hated that film. <laughs> like well, it was just, yeah. It, there yeah. were there were some there were some great moments, iconic moments. And I will say, the spot like it would still fall into the category of me personally. I would throw that album on the Spotify list for me just because I enjoy the music. Is with maybe like I I don't think I would ever put the Spirited soundtrack on Spotify, and that's just me. That's not a slight on Spirited. That's just me. Okay, that's fine. Um, but where were you? Sorry, where were you going with that? Well, so and and sort of what I had arrived at with my musicals, sure, was that I like musicals where it makes sense in the context of the story that they're singing now, right? We kind of crapped on the idea, or I had crapped on the idea, and I think you sort of agreed, of the musicals where, you know, all of a sudden, the guy's just singing and everyone else in the coffee shop is in on it, right? Mm, and you're like, what, right. is, what is going on, <laughs> right? Like right. that's Whereas like yeah. Sound of Music, it all makes sense within the context of that film because the mm. characters are singing in real world situations in the story. This obviously is not that. This is a spontaneous burst into music, although they do they do acknowledge it, like especially Jacob Marley constantly being like, uh, no, like we don't need to this doesn't need to turn into it. No, please don't sing. Right? Like that so they acknowledge it. And there is a line in the beginning that like this whole thing is a musical. And they're like, what whole thing? And they're like, the afterlife. And the one guy is like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, come on. <laughs> right. But it's I think where this sets itself apart from those other ones where everyone just bursts into song and it doesn't make any sense is the extra step that they've taken because every time someone bursts into song, even if it's not for the full thing, even the, even the, um, both instances of the view from here, even though it's not for the full song, those songs are treated as Broadway productions. Hmm. Right, sort of very similar to the feel of the streetlight dance from La La Land, but mm. taking it one step further in the sense that you have tap dancers. You have incredibly well-choreographed, energetic tap dancers. You have not even trying to hide them from the scene. You have backup singers sitting up on scaffolding and sitting on the ground and mounted in places and whatever, you have, like, concert moving head lights. You have, like, they're not trying to hide any of it in the shot. It, it all of a sudden, the film kind of jumps in and out of regular film narrative to, I feel like I'm watching this on a stage. I feel like this is happening on a stage at a live show because mm. of the way the chore choreography is done, the way that they've set up these shots, the camera angles or whatever else. And, and just kind of the, 
you know, it's it's Broadway style, it's musical theater style musical numbers. And I loved that. Really, yeah. really, really loved that. And it is for me, I think the big standout like component aspect of this film hmm. is that it feels like a Broadway production in many you know, instances. Yeah, you know what? That is a unique feel to it, and I will say that is a feather in its cap, and I, I, I will acknowledge that. That is pretty unique. So, I love that. And and they, they lean into it with the memory changes, right? You'll see a guy yeah. wheeling in a set piece yeah. to change the memory that they're in, <laughs> right? And, and, and the whole thing, but the whole concept of it, the operation that's being run, and and it's like it's showtime and people are coming up out of stairs in the set and and operating and here's the cues and these are the transitions and cue this and like it it the whole thing feels very musical theater production mm. and i love that i really yeah. really really love that um yeah and and i think the music's great I think the whole concept of doing a song around Good Afternoon, like, you know, and, and the whispering parts of the Good Afternoon song, right? Where they're like, two little words can totally change the mood. Like, it's, it's, I just, it's so good. It is, to me, it is not only would I throw this soundtrack on Spotify, mm. but much like, much like, what happened a year ago since watching this film, so many of these, like I'm singing the songs, hmm. right? They're stuck in my head. Right. And it's just, it's, it's just something special. Like what they, what they achieved, the direction that they chose to take and lean into, and then ultimately how they pulled it off, I think is a big part of, what makes this a masterpiece hmm. is that they 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 didn't follow anyone else's mold in no. how you would do this type of musical. You can I can absolutely agree that that is true. That they yeah they they forged their own path. Yeah. So that's what I, I, I think, think of the music. Yeah, and then I, I the dancing this... just goes hand in hand, right? Like oh, I said, it's yeah. Broadway level. Yeah, it is Broadway level, like. During those dance numbers, the most impressive the the most impressive talent on screen during those dance numbers aren't even the recognizable movie stars. It's oh yeah, these no Broadway level dancers, tap dancers, yeah. and trapeze artists, and whatever it may be. Yeah, it, amazing. Yeah, but I'll say, and this might be a good segue to then get into this part. So yeah. I can't, I have to agree, like the singing, the dancing, the choreography, the set, all those things that you described are unique and good. I think where I'm maybe having some gap in, okay, why this isn't a home run for me is, you know, I guess if you, you'd say this is like a three-pronged thing here. You've got the musical numbers, being a comedy, you have to have the laughter factor, but being with the content material, you also have to have the heartwarming factor. Yes. And and so, yeah, the musical numbers are good. 
The laughter factor's definitely there. And, man, there's just so many good one-liners or funny things. Whether it's just f- funny things that have a payoff at the end, like the taxi driver saying good afternoon and Will Ferrell just, like, absolutely going nuts. Beating the shit out of him, yeah. Yeah. He's like, like whoa, whoa, this doesn't mean that anymore. Like, come on, come on, come on. Um, I think for me, maybe the heartwarming factor is where there's the fall off. And, again, when you look at the recipe... The ingredients are there. Like, there's a lot of stuff that there's character growth individually. There's character growth upon each other. Like, I get where by the end of the movie, our characters are make spurring the other on to do something to grow. So it's not for lack of trying, and it's not for lack of, you know, having these plans with our characters doing stuff. So it's not that something was forgotten or missed. There's just something about it that doesn't land with me. And I don't know, maybe it's my hot take, but maybe I find Ryan Gosling, wrong Ryan, maybe I find Ryan Reynolds too distracting in a role of this film. I I, I mean, he is, you know, is Ryan friggin' Reynolds. (laughs) I should should clarify, because I don't want to sound like the swooning girl at the beginning of the movie who's distracted by, 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 by what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is he's so... Maybe this is just a bigger picture that a bigger picture problem I have with him. He's so whimsical about the way he will say lines, you know, whether it's dry humor or sarcasm and just where he might have a serious comment and then that's paired with a joke. And, you know, I think I just have this up and down, up and down, up and down with him that whenever he's delivering lines, you know, when he's with his dead sis, dying sister and just things of that magnitude. I wonder if it maybe just doesn't hit for me because I can't always just rest or, or soak in the emotional intensity of some moments because of his style, both this, this character and just as an actor in general, where he has, you know, serious comment, then backs it up with something that's supposed to make you laugh or chuckle. And I, I think maybe that feeds into what I had a problem with, where right. mixed with Will, Will Ferrell, I actually didn't have a problem with, but you could some would classify him in the same vein, where he's in a lot of funny movies, some a lot of, of the raunchy, time, yeah, but a lot of the time, funny movies where even like an Elf for this, where there's maybe a serious comment that it's kind of like backed up a few steps when he says something silly. In this movie, I didn't have a problem with him. I thought everything was fine with Will Ferrell, but Ryan Gosling <laughs> again. Ryan Reynolds, dang it! Yeah, gotta gotta get them straight here. Quit quit referencing the inferior Ryan. <laughs> they're both Canadian, so they're both great. I don't yes. know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. There, I just there was something about him that I I I wonder as strong as he was in this film as his dancing and and all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying he's a bad actor or a weak actor or anything like that. I wonder if it had been cast with someone else who did an equally good job in some of these ways, but just could have landed things a bit better. If the emotional heartwarming factors would have landed a bit more home to me, and then that would have excelled it up to, okay, the music's great, the laughter's good, but now it's also heartwarming and it's a little bit more grounded. So I don't know. Right. Maybe... Maybe I'm just maybe I'm finding something to pick on. Maybe it would have been fine with Ryan Reynolds if the pacing had been better. But there's just something about that 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 I wonder if that's it. I mean, 
so a couple of things. I think, you know, on top of Ryan Reynolds being whimsical, he's also got a personality that is magnetic, right? Sure. Like he's, he's, unless for some reason you hate Ryan Reynolds, he's instantly likable. Even when he's playing a dick, you just, the, sure. he's just got this like whimsical way of doing it that makes him horribly likable. Um, sure. But I think I like, and, and, and as a result, like, you, I mean, you know, we both have different favorite Ryans. Sure. Um, you know, mine being Seacrest and no, no, no. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, when you're talking about like magnetic personalities, right? Like Ryan Gosling is, is great, right? I like him in most roles. Ryan Reynolds, when we were talking about like his late night show appearances and his marketing campaigns, Ryan Reynolds could sell you a box of used matches, right? Like he just is that guy. He would make, he could make you think that, which I think is so genius and is kind of like a real life touch when he's doing his Christmas tree sales pitch, right? right? Because if, if you've ever deep dived, you don't even have to deep dive. If you ever glanced at Ryan Reynolds' YouTube channel, his mint mobile and his aviation gin marketing and all that stuff. Like he's just a genius. Um, but he, he could make you think that a box of burnt matches was f filling a void that you have in your life. Um, but I think what's interesting is like Ryan Reynolds, although I think he has range, I do think that he has sort of been, not necessarily fully typecast mm. um, because there are some, like Michael Sarah is the same character in every single movie he's in. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah. Like he's just the same character. And I don't know if that's because that's the only thing that anybody, same with Jesse Eisen, Eisenberg, Eisen, whatever it is. Right. Like, I don't yeah. know if, I don't know if it's just that those actors don't have any range or if <laughs> those are just the only role, like people, when you hire Michael Sarah, you hire Michael Sarah because you want that character in your film, right? But, you know, like certainly Clint Briggs in this film is, is different than Wade Wilson and Deadpool, right? Like it, it, he is, but there's a lot of similarities there. They both have Ryan Reynolds-isms. And I think the thing about Ryan Reynolds, and we're going to get a little bit into my own psychology here, but I think the thing about Ryan Reynolds that you're referring to that obviously doesn't land for some people is that he quite often as a character, and maybe in real life, I don't know, but quite often as a character, plays someone who, very similar to Matthew Perry's character Chandler on Friends, uses humor as a defense mechanism hmm. cracks a joke instead of showing an emotion um and i do the same thing and so for me when i watch something like that it's it's actually a really deep moment for me right like when she says like when his his sick sister says like hey you know i got a big favor when i'm gone you know and he goes uh well 
stop it. <laughs> right. Some people are going to look at that and go, well, it's, you know, it's not, it's not taking this moment very seriously. And it's not what I, and, and to me, I look at that and I can relate and I go, oh my God, the emotions that he's feeling right now are, are immense. Right. And so I think that's an interesting, like it just, I think part of it is like, you know, it, just like any film, there are things that you are going to watch that have nothing to do with who you are and your, you know, and, and your life and the type of person you are, and you're going to have trouble relating to it because it's just not like, you know, you don't know that world. You can't relate to the things that you're seeing on screen. And I think that that, sort of you know like everyone handles with emotions differently some people just wear them on a sleeve some people bottle them down some people deal with them through humor by deflecting uh and that's what i do a lot of the time and so that's something i can relate to and therefore it hits really hard for me hmm. so yeah. it's in it is, it's interesting right it's just a different side of that coin i yeah. think yeah. So and and, and I, I do want to differentiate and I, I do want to clarify. I think he is a solid actor. I don't think, you know, I just want to go on the record and saying it wasn't me saying No no he's not capable of this. Because there's a difference. There are actors that you that just can't do a certain role and you go, I didn't buy it because of that actor. I think it's just that whether it's his skill set that I can't see him doing this and it didn't work for me. Like, I, I guess my point is it just didn't work for me. Right. That's, and that's fair. Totally fair. Like Jesse Eisenberg, I could never see doing this. No. Ryan Reynolds no, no, worked no. for some people. It just didn't work for me. Right. And that's fair. Yeah. Um, I do want to touch on just the general premise of this film. And. I mean, it's what? applicable. Didn't we, we had an episode maybe last year where we talked about the hundreds of, <laughs> Renditions yeah, of a Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think I I like I love this take because it is it is in some ways another version of a Christmas Carol. But it's also so much more than that. And they they took and expanded the lore a, a lot, right? Like it kind of, like, if you look at the original Christmas Carol story through the lens of there are these three ghosts, these three powerful entities that are just simply helping out this nobody ghost, Jacob Marley. Right. Yep. Sort of complete this task to help out his living friend Ebenezer, and this is kind of a one-off, and he's just sort of pulling in some favors. It. It, it it's a story that we all just kind of accept because it's a Christmas Carol and it's old as dirt, but <laughs> it it's a lot less feasible once you start unpacking it and thinking about it than mm. something like this is. That this right. is a thing that happens, right? Why would there be a ghost of Christmas past <laughs> if there w wasn't normally a need for there to be one? right right like right. what does the ghost yeah, yeah. what does the ghost of christmas past normally do right when not helping out with this one-off situation so the fact that it is a 
a reoccurring anomaly. Yes. I guess that's an oxymoron. A reoccurring <laughs> thing, operation, that, you know, throughout time, people kind of cycle in and out of, right? Like, obviously, prior to Jacob Marley dying, Jacob Marley was not in sort of the director role that he's in. Um, and and so to, to kind of have that is cool. And then the reveal that the current ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas, or not past, present, for the the guy that's been the ghost of Christmas present for the last uh, 170 years or whatever it would work out to be, is Ebenezer Scrooge. Right? And that he... The, the OG. The, the OG. The one yeah. that at some point we don't know the answer to this. We don't know how this this never gets unpacked for us. But the one that Charles Dickens ends up writing a story about. Right. So presumably, I would assume the logical explanation to that is at some point, Charles Dickens is a perp. Right. And... By that point, because Ebenezer's only got three weeks after after that, like he dies end of January the next year, right? And so by that point, you know, if there's a good chance if, if the Charles Dickens thing happened five years later, then we know that for like the first two seasons, Ebenezer Scrooge worked in research and then got called up to the big league. Right. And so who knows? Maybe this is not the first time that that Ebenezer has let has broken protocol and let slip his story. And 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 there you have it. Right. And from that, Charles Dickens writes a book. I, I, I don't know. Right. But I love I love that idea. I love the reveal that that Will Ferrell is playing Scrooge. Yeah. Who sort of even has this like post post death existential crisis of how do I know that I was redeemed? Right? Like there's, there's a layer to it in that I love the little nods to the fact that like other past redeemed people are Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton's gone through this process. <laughs> Colonel <laughs> Sanders has gone through this process. <laughs> process. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a statue in that hall of the redeemed of just a dog. At one point, a dog went through the, you know, dog was a dick. Like, <laughs> so I love that. Right. I love, I love a really, really fresh, and interesting and kind of keeps you guessing take on a story that is old as dirt and mm. not only old as dirt, but has been adapted more times. And I, I mean, I don't know this for absolute certain. I'm not looking at this as a fact in front yeah. of me, but I'd put money on the fact that this has been adapted more than any other piece of literature Ever. Right. Ever. Like more so than the crucifixion and and stuff like that. Right? It, it This has been adapted more than to film or television or whatever onto the screen more times than any other story in history. 
Right. Um, and so to to be able to do that story and do it freshly and make changes as risky business. That's risky business saying, hey, we're going to go in and we're going to make changes to the most beloved Christmas story of all time. That's you're playing with fire. But to do it in a way that you end up watching, and at least for me, I'm like, this was a great take on it. it this was a, fun. You could at least say it's a fresh take. You know, I, I will not change my stance on it if it's my favorite movie and all those kind of things. But I will sure. say you're right. But I will say you're right. To It's a it's a gutsy move, and it does pay off. That it works. Whether you like it or not. There's aspects of it that work, and if there, if it doesn't work like it does for me, it's not because they did a poor job or a poor rendition of it, or I've seen this kind of take on it before. It's it's its own. It's its own it's thing. Its own ship, yeah. And I think that's fun. I it, think it's it a is. fun. Yeah, yeah. Because you you know when I first I didn't. I mean, I'm sure I saw a trailer going into this. But I'm not even sure. Like, if you just look at the box art, you look at whatever, you could go into this not knowing that it's a Christmas Carol adaptation. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Like, did you know? You didn't know. No. Right? And so, that's that's really fun. They did something really fun with it in that regard. Um. So, yeah. Uh, I did want to ask you, because this was something that I have flip-flopped on. What is your thoughts on like I think I think the whole backstory, the emotional stuff of his sister dying and that being the one memory that he's like, no, 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 don't like that's when Ryan Reynolds shows his character shows some humanity. Is that he's like, no, 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 like we're not doing this. Mm. Right? That's where the tough guy act breaks down. And he's like, no, 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 no. Um, I, I thought that was all really, really great. Right. And the tears that he sheds when he finally does watch it and all that stuff. The moment when he hugs Ren, his niece, and says, Of course you didn't post the video because you're just like your mom, right? And you're wonderful and you're whatever. Like it's it's mm. it's it gets me. Um what are your thoughts? This is something I flip-flopped on, of them choosing to go the route of the kid who she posts that video of and then he gets destroyed on the internet on tiktok and everything else um that that boy that eighth grade eighth grade boy as a result of the social media backlash and and the social ridicule in general ends up taking his own life it it was uh they're not messing around here and no. uh I don't think it's. I'm not going to say it's the wrong move. I'm not saying going to say it's the right move from a storytelling perspective. But I, I think I was a little shocked by it, and um, I mean, I, I guess it 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 helped fuel the story, and I I don't have any problems with it. But man, it uh, this this it wasn't messing around. Yeah, I th I I think I agree with you. 
in that I don't have a problem with it. I, but I have flip-flopped on that. Not in terms of like, oh, I don't think you should have shown that. But in terms of just like, was it necessary? Like, is yeah. that, like, are you just kind of throwing too much into the soup at this point? But ultimately, I think, like, on this watch, I yeah, I kind of have the thought process of like, no, you know what? This is actually a really good commentary on because there's no joking that's done around that that part of the film right like th there's never a joke cracked at that kid's ex the expense of that kid taking his own life yeah, that's a very no. somber beat in this film and i think it's a really great commentary on how you know a, a big theme of the film is ripples is how your good actions, your positive actions, can have ripples and spread joy. Right. And I think yeah. this is an example of how the opposite is also true. Yeah. And negative actions can have ripples. Right. And, and you know, we are at a point in time where we've never been more aware of mental health, but also I think with things that are going on in the world, whether it be, you know, you can, people point fingers at social media in general, people will point fingers at all kinds of things. Um, but I think mental health, especially in young people is worse than it's ever been. I don't just think it's that we're now just aware of it. I think we are aware of it. And, and so an aspect of their feeling like there's more mental health issues is a part of that. But I also do think globally we're not in a good mental health space. Oh um, no, not at all. And and it's not, you know, there are young people even in the town that you and I are from. Sure, there are young people, teenagers, stuff like that, that have in the last ten years taken their own life. Yeah, and and you know, it's it's. It's one of those things where, like, did he do it because of the social ridicule? I mean, that probably pushed him over the edge, right? But sure. you don't know what else is going on in this eighth grade kid's life, yeah. right? Eighth grade can suck. Not just good, not just like the school aspect of it, but being that age can really, 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 really suck. You know, maybe yeah. he's a kid that gets bullied. Maybe he's a, you know, whatever it is. And this was just the thing that was like, he just couldn't, everybody turned on him. He suddenly had nobody in the world. Right. And, and I don't know, but anyways, I ended up thinking, you know what? That was actually, that was actually not a bad thing to have in there because it, it, yeah, it sort of yin and yanged the whole good actions are, it, it added stakes, right? Because without that, the stakes of him not being redeemed are just that he'll continue to be a dick and, and the joy won't be spread from tonight's actions. Right. Right? But all of a sudden, there's big stakes on the line. And it's an eye-opener for Clint to see how... His what he's doing actually has negative ramifications, serious negative ramifications in some cases. So, yeah, I ended up thinking it was okay, but I was just something I was, yeah, I was cognizant of while watching because I was like, oh man, it's a, it's a, 
It's a bold choice to go this it route. Abs- it absolutely is. Yeah. But I think it was an okay route to go. It's a it's a bold road in a comedy. Seasonal yeah. comedy at that. Seasonal comedy. Yeah. 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 Is there anything else you want to kind of cover on? I mean, I like I said, I just I love this film. I love yeah. it through and through. We, you know, I could we could do a six hour episode where we <laughs> sit down and we watch it and we pause it and we break down and I tell you how each you know, each scene has got all these moments, whether it be choreography or whether it be a line in a song or whether it be a comedic beat and how I think that it's just golden. Um, but obviously that's not, that's not the game that we're playing today. Um, so is there anything else that you either, you know, stands out as something you really appreciated, something you would have had done differently or something that just like flat out didn't work for you? Yeah, no, I, I don't have much else to say. I think, I think it just comes down to there were things that were done well, but they didn't really round out in a way that was a product that's a that that just was a home run for me. So we've talked about musical on this show. We've talked about musicals that were bad in Greece. We've talked about my one of my favorite musicals, one of my favorite films of all time, with La La Land. Where we've reviewed that. This falls somewhere in the middle. You know, I didn't hate it. But it didn't land for me, and it's not its not going to be a timeless classic for me. And, um, you know, just for, for the reasons that I outlined, you know, maybe it's just that it didn't have the heartwarmingness. Maybe it just didn't land for me because it was just didn't know how to balance the comedic elements with the actors that were in it. I'm not sure, but just something about it seemed a little bit, I don't know. Maybe a little bit too, you know, artificial, maybe, when it came down to having these heartwarming moments. I'm not sure. Sure. Something didn't yeah. land. I mean, that's valid. Yeah. That's valid for sure. Cool. Uh, all right. Are you ready to score this then? Yeah. All right. Pete, on a scale of zero to 10, how would you rank the 2022 film Spirited? I give it a five out of ten. It's oh. right down. It's right down the middle for me. You know. Oh, who I pissed said in I, your eggnog? Oh my gosh! But here's the thing. Yeah, it's not great. It's not good. But it's not bad. I didn't. I couldn't give it below a five. I didn't enjoy it. As far as you know, being a nine out of ten. But when I broke it down, there wasn't anything that was bad. Just. Right. Not great. Okay. So uh, that's where that's where I put it. Okay. Maybe I'll be visited by the ghost of Christmas past, past, present, and future, and maybe next year we'll be having a different conversation, but that's what I gave it. Okay. What did you give this out of 10? I give it a 9.6. Okay. Yeah. I really, 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 you, really like this film. Yeah, you're you're digging it. You know, there's maybe the one odd joke from some of the back of the supporting characters or whatever that I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. Sure. Um, and that, and that, you know, makes it not a 10. Um, but to, to play off your, your at the cottage, would I watch it kind of analogy? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that the septic at the cottage could be backing up and I still wouldn't turn the movie off. Jeez. Like I just, it's just so good. It's so good, man. Yeah. I told I told Carl because Carl hasn't seen it, 
Oh, okay, yeah. And I said, well, don't watch it, because I want to watch it with you. Right. And he says, okay, well, he's like, sure, but like, you know, if Emily wants to watch it with me, then we're going to, you know. And I said, well, that's fine, but tell me, because I'll drive. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, we'll watch it. It's fine. I'll bring three copies, just in I'll case. I'll bring, yeah. Yeah, you want you want Blu-ray? You want DVD? What do you want to do here? Yeah. No, it's, 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 yeah, I really, really like this movie. Really like it. I think it's yeah. just something super special. Really well done. Really nice touch that he dies. That his sacrifice, as Jacob Marley says, his sacrifice wouldn't mean anything without consequences. Right. Yeah. Right? That it's not this, like, it's not this apple pie ending. No. No. Not and that he's all. able to use the skills that he has in marketing and and yeah. you know PR and you know, whatever else to go on to be not only the ghost of Christmas present but kind of like kind of sidelines Jacob Marley a little bit like Jacob is now sort of just there as like a figurehead right like he's he's a captain he's calling the shots he's running the show of the afterlife Christmas operation and expanding. Right, they're going to do several operations a night. So, yeah. no, I, I I think it's I think it's great. What did you watch this week? I I've been doing this for a while, but I'm just going to talk about it now. For the last few weeks, I have been rewatching, not in order because there's 11 seasons of it, but I've been watching bits and pieces of. Uh, Frasier episodes ever okay. since that's the not what re- I thought you were going to say and I was really stressed out what, were you, what did you think I was going to say but then I was pretty sure the show that I was thinking only had 10 what were you thinking I was like so help me god if you say lost again I'm just oh! <laughs> like I'm just done at that point I'm done with you done with the show for the record there's only six seasons of that oh yeah well who would want more right so. uh, <coughs> um but yeah, ever since in October when the the pilot was released of the new season of Frasier, yeah. and have then you, we, I assume you're caught up on the new show. No, I've not. So I watched the first episode. Okay, and and then it was one of those shows that was then going to be released weekly. So my plan is then, you know what? I'm going to wait till pretty much any time now. I'm going to wait till sometime in the holidays. Get my Paramount Plus subscription going. And then binge it all, just so I don't have to wait week to week, and then I can get into it. I I'm still don't know what people have been saying about it. I've been trying to kind of just stay out of the the, the headlines, just to kind of keep it neutral. But, but you did really, watch, you did watch the pilot. I did watch the pilot, and it was exactly what I wanted. You know, really, it 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 made me laugh. I cried. I teared up. I I was heartwarmed. I was entertained. Um, you know, it, it didn't try to do too much, but it really tried to uh, be authentic and and tell the story of our characters, or specifically our character who's returned. And um, I I really was impressed with how Kelsey Grammer can still hold the room. Like you can. The other actors are adequate, they're fine, but man, he can just, his acting ability is so good. And I knew that, but it was reminded, I was reminded of it in the pilot. So that lit the fire into me to go, you know what, it's time to go back. And I've been watching, like I've probably watched 20 or 30 episodes of Frasier 
since then. And it is just, I love that show so much. I will, uh, it was my number one favorite show when we reviewed our shows. You and Emily picked Friends. I picked Frasier and I wouldn't change it. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. It is so well written, so well acted. Kelsey Grammer, again, is just phenomenal. And um, it, 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 I, I, my hopes aren't too high for the new show just because I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't want to overhype it. I'm excited to watch it. But the thing that it's, it's reminded me of is how much I loved the original show and how, how much it, it just is entertaining for me and everything uh, that it brings to the table. So I've been watching Frasier and uh, couldn't be more happier. Well, and that's really that, interesting because, yeah, I like, I mean, I haven't checked out the new show. Sure. Um, but I was always like, you know, my thought going into it or my skepticism going into it was like, well, I mean, without, without Niles and without like, I, like, I don't know. It just, it felt like a big part of what was the dynamic of the show. Sure. Is not there. And so how could it be as good or how could it, you know? Yeah, feel no. worthy of making. I I completely echo everything that you say because that was my concern too. And as much as I think I'd be open to that show, because th- at its core, it was about these two really quirky brothers who were snobs, but yet also relatable, and yet also were just ha- they, you rooted for them sometimes, and you know. As much as I would have liked that to continue in this new show, I would worry that the 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 danger in that would just be let's just go back into the same rut that we've done in the past. And what from the pilot, what I've seen so far in the new show is this show isn't about just reliving the glory days. It's about showing the next chapter of Fraser's life. And it's a very different chapter. The same person, he's a different person, but it's a different chapter. And you know what? I I think it's it, it has the potential to be a very different and better show as a result of it, just that it's a new chapter and not just rehashing the same thing. And John Mahoney, who is no longer with us, he's passed away. He played Frazier's dad in the original show. There were some really artistically um, woven in aspects to play. pay really great respects to him both the character that he played and him as an actor. And there was just, it was done in such a heartwarming way. I teared up as a result of it. I felt stronger connection to Frazier, to Kelsey Grammer as a result of it. So I think it was in that pilot. It just wasn't, I was pleased with it because they did things that were not just like the easy low hanging fruit of, well, let's just get, you know, Niles and Frazier on the screen again and just relive the glory days. It was like, no, Let's work with where this character is now and have an emotional response from it of not just, you know, putting on the greatest hits or reliving the glory days. So we'll see. Maybe I'll watch the whole show and go, wow, that was a train wreck and that's very possible. But I'm I'm happy to I'm happy with realistic, realistic expectations. Sure. OK. Cool. Oh, and I'm looking now, man, that dog is so dead. Because there was a dog from the original show. And oh, it, like, yeah. That well, was, no, yeah. I never thought of that. I'm I mean, dogs don't live though. that long. They but don't. But I mean, I'm, you know, like, that ultimately that doesn't matter, right? Like, how many well, Beethoven films have there been? I'm pretty sure it's not the same dog in every film. 
No, it has no no bearing artistically to the show. I, I it's just when I pulled up the the cast list, it also like it pulled up the dog, and I'm like, ooh, ooh. Like yeah. the dog has its own IMDb page. It must. It, his name was Moose. Weird. Yeah, uh, it's it's a Google page. It's not a true. Oh no, it's an IMDb page. Yep, IMDb. Weird. Very very okay. weird. Okay. Okay. While I see, oh, he passed away in 2006. As just, you do. Just the content our Patreon or our, or our uh, podcast listeners are here to, here, to, here to listen to. What did you watch this week? Um, I don't think anything. Okay. You know, just like swamped with work and the holidays are coming and yeah. I'm just wanting to like... triple double quadruple check yeah no nothing well that's fair is that true um uh uh, we were gonna watch a movie that one night and then what did we end (laughs) up watching instead because it was just so late by the time we went to start it no, yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think anything. We were going to, and I mean, this will crush you because we were going to watch Love Actually. Oh wow! But it was like ten thirty at night or something, and it was just like, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Might have been later, even. Yeah, no, I don't think, um, I don't think anything, which doesn't f- feel truthful. Hmm. In fact, I know it's not truthful, but I don't know what the hell we watched. It was something on Netflix? Hmm. Oh, this is going to bother me. <laughs> well, let me... let if, if there's nothing that comes to mind, I'll do the housekeeping of yeah, wrapping you ra- things you up. Yeah, you wrap this up and I'll, and con- I'll tune you out entirely. And if you come across it, we will bounce back. So thank yeah. you for listening. Whether you listened all year just to... This episode, or somewhere in between of just tuning in when you are wanting to, we appreciate you joining us. We hope you have a restful holiday time, and uh, stay tuned for more content next year, whether it's our movie news, our, our new voting options, whether it is just listening to our back catalog of things. There's so many things for you to listen to. Check out our links below, like, follow, subscribe, wherever you can. Uh, check out our Patreon page, merchant merchandise page. Thank you so much to all our Patreon supporters. Really means the world to us, both for your support and just helping the show keep the lights on. And uh, until next time, um, good afternoon. Yeah, I don't think there is anything. So <laughs> I, I second, I second, I second your good afternoon. <laughs>